back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to How I Met Your Podcast by Runkle Recaps. We're on Season 6, Episode 16, Desperation Day, and along with me is Jennifer. Hello. Well, it's been a little while since we've podcast. I was in Salt Lake City last week for work, and it was pretty nice, and I spent a lot of time with one of my colleagues who's actually a Canadian, but he's a fan of How I Met Your Mother, so I'm trying to figure out a way to get him on the podcast, and we can ask him all the How I Met Your Mother-based Canadian questions that he can answer to. I actually don't think he listens to our podcast, because he told me he's a fan of the show, but never then followed up to say that he's listening to our podcast, which... I think it's safe to say that he doesn't. That sounds presumptuous that somebody you just met would say they listen to our podcast. No, he didn't say he listened to our podcast. He said he likes the show, as in How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. No, but then you said that you don't think he listens to the podcast. Well, he knows about the podcast. Ah, okay. But he never said he's listening to it, so I assume that he doesn't. Which is okay. How many... <laughs> Wait, have you talked about the podcast before this trip last week? Yes, when uh, I had to introduce myself to the team, apparently I had to, they had me send out an email, essentially, saying oh, really? what my hobbies were. And so I named a few hobbies. I said that, and my wife and I podcast about a show called How I Met Your Mother. Well, he wrote me back individually, just one-on-one, saying that he loves that show and asked nice. me a couple questions about what you know, some of my opinions of it. Oh, okay, gotcha. So I spent a lot of time with him in Salt Lake City amongst other people too, but then him and I broke off one evening to go grab some drinks at a few bars around Salt Lake City. And yes, they do have bars mm. in Salt Lake City. Interesting. And I just got a message from him today, which is you know, four, three or four days later, that he has COVID. So, <laughs> yep. And I had a virtual meeting today where I found out six people from my office last week tested positive for COVID. So I think I have dodged it at least. We'll get it again. But, yeah, if you got it this time, then I guess it's possible I could get it from you instead. But yeah. you've been home, what, three, four days? So. I sneezed maybe, I sneezed usually once an hour just from light allergies. Yeah. I think I sneezed twice an hour today and had a few mm-hmm. coughs this morning, so that might be COVID for me. Well, we have tests if we need them. I'm not testing nothing. <laughs> a couple pieces of news, one... Allison Hannigan is on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, is she really? I, I think she actually caught a little heat because of the the whole strike thing. I thought, do reality shows count? Well, there are writers for reality shows. Are there writers for dancing? Well, I guess somebody has to come up with the... But was pattern. she already on it? Yeah. So it might be that... I don't know if they're pre-recorded or if they're live. They might be live because maybe they vote over the phone. I don't know. I've never watched the show. I have no idea. Okay. Yeah, because they get voted off. So yeah, I think yeah. it's, there's an element of real time to it. But the writer strike's over now. Is it? I believe so. Okay. When they're done striking, I think they still maybe still have to come to like a formal agreement, but the strike itself, I believe, is done. Well, there's this whole big thing about not promoting your show, although I have seen some shows announcing they're coming back now, so I think maybe you're right. Mm-hmm. Like Fallon announced he's coming back. Okay. Yeah, I saw like Drew Barrymore was going to come back. I guess she has a date. And then she chickened out. Yeah, and then she got so much <laughs> flack for it that she backed out. Um, what's her name? Shepard. Uh, the Queen of Jordan. Sherry, Sherry Shepard. Shepard. Yeah, she did the same thing, but I don't think she backed down from it. Oh, I didn't know she had a show. Neither did I. But apparently she's on a talk show. Apparently there's a lot of TV going on when we're at work. 
Okay, and also Josh Radner is releasing his first solo album as a musician. Oh, how was that first album he released as a duo that you were planning on? You know what? I started making a list of all the things I want to listen to when I want to listen to something and I can't think of anything. I'm going to add that. Okay. Because I'll do, I'll, I'll get to a point where I'm like, uh, I don't want to listen to any of my like, normal playlists, like, maybe I should listen to something else, and then I just completely blank on any music I've ever heard. We got a bunch of emails, one has nothing to do with this episode, and then two of them do, so we'll do one up front, and that one up front will be Alex. He also tweeted this to us, or he tweeted it in general, and then put an at, added us Ooh. on his tweet, but okay. he writes... Tick, Tick, Boom is worth seeing, even if Neil Patrick Harris wasn't directing. It was originally a play by Jonathan Larson, the writer of Rent. Saw it at a small theater at the top of a pub in Birmingham several years ago. But I first saw Rent. Regards. Cool. Top of a pub. What does that mean? I mean, it sounds like there's a bar at the bottom, and then maybe the top is a theater space. Interesting. I wonder if Lily and her troupe have performed there as well. (laughs) Maybe. All right. Well, now I was thinking about that. I think maybe that might be. Well, this is in England, so maybe. Well, the play is the play. Yeah, but maybe that's a thing in England where they have a lot of Uh, theaters above bars. Oh. Let us know, Alex. Interesting. All right. Well, now I want to look up tickets for Tick, Tick, Boom. All right. You want to come with me? Uh, I don't know. I don't know yet. Just say yes. Maybe Valentine's Day, since we're on the topic. I don't know when it's going to be. Is it going to be over Valentine's Day? Well, that's just the chance we'll have to take. It's fate. <sighs> we talked about it on an episode about Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And so I'm telling you, for Valentine's Day, I'll get you tickets if it's still here. Okay. <laughs> All right. Desperation Day. I like this episode. Mm-hmm. I found yeah. it very funny. There was two different very good plot lines, I thought. Yes, this was a very enjoyable episode. I feel like it started off kind of weak, though. But it got better. We start up where we left off last time, which is Ted and Zoe kissing. And Ted starts to talk to her about how he wants to take this slow. As he's telling his friends this at the bar... So I think Ted's being the good guy here, saying, like, recognizing what her situation is, not trying to push things forward too quickly, um... But, you know, I don't know how slow they're actually taking it because, like, how many episodes ago did Marshall's dad die? Like, it hasn't been a huge amount of time. Well, they just got together last episode, didn't they? Right. And then it's Valentine's Day. So it's been one episode. Like, yeah, so it just seems like, you know, everyone said they were taking it slow. Like, does that just mean they didn't bang the first day they kissed? Like, I don't... It just doesn't seem like there's enough time to be like, oh, this relationship's going really slow. Well, he suggests that he keeps trying to take her on big dates, and she keeps putting the brakes on. And just for the next date, she wants him to come over and bake cookies. Robin translates this as a booty call. Barney agrees. That McLaren's at this point still. Mm -hmm. And Robin goes into a speech about how a proper woman invents a respectable excuse to mask the fact that she wants to get stuck real good. Yikes. And this is very much like Barney's speech about the teacup pig. <laughs> where he's like, a man, nay, a gentleman, <laughs> finds an excuse for a proper lady to come up to his place. Okay. And then he goes through the, the different things, the different props. Sure. And lands on a tea, teacup pig. <laughs> good call. So Lily agrees with Robin's assessment 
And then she goes on a thirsty rant about where baking leads. Yeah, and so apparently Marshall's been gone a while. Yeah, she, he's been gone so long, he's staying even longer. He's trying to stay in Minnesota to help his mom. And she doesn't know how she's going to get through Valentine's Day without them watching The Predator together. And then Ted takes us into a flashback about their very first Valentine's Day together where they were going to watch Sleepless in Seattle, but his brothers had taped over it, and it's now Predator, which has become a tradition for them. Oh my gosh, that is just such a... There's so many things that are like blast from the past in that sentence. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so for them to have a tape of... Predator. It means they had a blank videotape, a blank VHS tape mm-hmm. back in, prob- I don't know when Predator came out. Was it late 80s, early 90s? Yeah. Okay. Um, so initially, I guess Marshall taped Sleepless in Seattle on this, but then you could tape over the VHS tapes with something else. So his brothers taped over it with Predator. And so to do that, you actually had to, like had to be on the TV. <laughs> you had to like press record and actually like, wait and stop it when it's like if there was commercials or whatever and they now wait they could have had cable and they could have mm, programmed the vcr to record it and then stop recording at a certain time so there was a little bit of a shortcut potentially there did, the question is <laughs> the question is did the in the early late 80s early 90s did the ericsons have doubtful cable doubtful <laughs> but it could be. Um, so, yeah. And then for Marshall to then take that to school so he could watch <laughs> a movie on his VHS player in college. So, Have you ever seen the movie The Predator? No. Hard fought to find a, a movie that's more leans towards the male audience than Predator. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, unless you're a woman that's really into guys with muscular builds, because there's a lot of them in that movie... In fact, in the making of The Predator, all the male leads talked a lot of trash with each other about who was working out the hardest and who looked the biggest during the shooting of the scenes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to... Is the implication of your sentence that women don't like to see muscly hot guys? I think they like more sinewy, svelte guys, generally speaking. Not all women, but a lot of the movie-going audience would rather see um, Skarsgård than... Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 80s. Yeah, but those are two very different times. I don't think we can compare, like, movie stars today to movie stars from the 80s. Because, yeah, there was a lot of that. We don't have a lot of that by comparison. Yeah, really, we only have The Rock left yeah, I was as a modern-day muscular action star. Yeah, I mean, we have... Vin Diesel was doing it for a little bit, but now he's gotten a bit old. Even in the, the newer Fast and the Furious movies that he's in, you can tell he's got very little muscle mass into it. Mm-hmm. He's just sort of... Uh, thin and built now. Yeah. I feel like the other one I'm kind of thinking of is Joe Mangianello, but I don't know if he's, like, big, big. Like yeah, he's but he's also not an action star right yeah, now. Yeah, also that. Oh, yeah, speaking of Brad. So, <laughs> I tied it back to the, How I Met Your Mother. Do we do we talk about his divorce with... No, we have Sofia Vergara. Yeah, that's disappointing. Yeah, I'm a little sad. Apparently, they hadn't been getting along for the last year of their marriage and then just finally called it quits. We've talked about a lot about Willy Wonka. Well, not a lot, but a little bit on this sh- on this podcast because because there was a couple p- 
pieces of Willy Wonka stolen and, and mm. added into some of the episodes of the show. Our son is going to audition for the Willy Wonka play in the local yeah. theater. Willy Wonka Jr. I don't know what that entails, but... <laughs> oh, I meant to sign him up for that today, and I had to put, like, the date of his last tetanus shot. So apparently I have to look that up before I can actually sign him up to audition. Tetanus? <laughs> yes. Of all things? Of all things. What about polio and yeah. smallpox? I, I mean, are there a lot of, like, is there a lot of tetanus going on in set building or something? Like, isn't do that, have to worry about them, like, you, running into a nail? Yeah, that's, I was just thinking that, like, isn't that what you get when you step on a yes. rusty nail and a, exactly. with bare feet? Yeah, so, I don't know. I thought that was weird. All right, I'm not sure where we were, but uh, Predator. <laughs> Predator on <laughs> Sleepers in Seattle. Way off track. I haven't watched Sleepers in Seattle for a while. Mm-mm. Barney points out that Lily sounds lonely, and then as she bursts into, describes how she bursts into tears earlier today, he shushes her so he can give a little speech on loneliness. And then he introduces the concept of what day it is, February 13th, Desperation Day, and then... Drop it immediately. That's not a thing. Right. So let's do the Barney and Ted exchange here. I like this, so... Of the yeah, big you, flashback? You read... No, just start at It's a Thing. It's a Thing. Much like Valentine's Day itself, Desperation Day dates back thousands of years. Weddings were forbidden under ancient Roman law, so St. Valentine performed them in secret under threat of death. That's actually true. Wait, there's more. This won't be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, that, was, that was a good exchange. Um, we go into the flashback, and... We've got St. Valentine doing the the weddings, and Barney's appears as St. Desperatius <laughs> to pick off insecure bridesmaids. All right, we won't go any further into that flashback. It wasn't that interesting. Although, I thought Robin looked really good at it. Yeah, she did. Her, her eyes were really popping. Yeah. For some reason. It's a good look. Uh, Barney further explains everyone, woman wants a date on Valentine's Day. The neediness reaches its climax. And then sort of self-congratulates himself like, for you, climax. Do you really want to spend a day with somebody you just met? Like, on a romantic holiday? I don't know if this holds up. No, not really, but I do believe that women would be a little down on the 13th because they don't have a date the next day, and it would be a good time to take advantage of that if you were a scumbag. Yeah. I remember one night, and this was probably the year... This was probably right after my wife and I split, because we split in, I think, January. My first wife, mind you. Oh, um, I thought maybe we got divorced <laughs> and you didn't tell me. And that February, I somehow I ended up going out with my brother and his wife on Valentine's Day. On Valentine's Day? Day? Yeah. And it, they invited me, I think. Yeah, maybe they just felt bad for you. Yeah. And so I, I agreed to go with them, and then as soon as I was out... They said something to me like, do you, do you feel weird that you know, there's going to be all these couples out and you're not with somebody? I was like, no, because I'm going to see women that aren't with a guy and they are going to be desperate. <laughs> oh, no. You came up with desperation. Now, I wasn't trying to take a girl home, but I knew I could meet some women that night, which I did. And I ended up dating her for like four months. Oh, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, your gamble paid off. I had a theory that if I looked across a room and... Locked eyes with a woman or girl, whatever, uh, and then looked away. And then I occasionally glancing back, if I saw her looking again, I knew I could go in and talk to her. Okay, I might have shared this on here before. I know you've shared it with me. I don't remember if it was on the podcast. 
And it was, it was foolproof. Yeah. Is that how you approached me? Because I think we were sitting sideways to each other. <laughs> so I don't think we could we were actually in, We were actually in the same conversation, so it didn't really matter at that point. <laughs> so Barney, as I was saying, com- continues to pontificate about Desperation Day. He says, ultimately, wherever you are, whoever you're under, you must get home by 1159. That's the caveat. Otherwise, you're on a date on Valentine's Day. Right. Robin points out that this is not a thing. Like, not everybody freaks out about Valentine's Day if they're single. And so she's spending February 13th with some of her single friends from work. Right. They're going to celebrate the fact they don't have to spend it with some dippy guy carting around roses and stuffed toys all night. Oh, no offense, Ted. (laughs) And none was taken until just then. (laughs) That was good. So Lily decides to go to Minnesota to see Marshall. He shouldn't have to help his mom through this rough time all by himself. Barty suggests that, or asks her if she's losing her mind being alone all the time in the apartment, and she goes, I'm getting weird. And then we get a flashback. (laughs) It started off with her throwing Marshall's jersey on a body pillow, which is essentially a a Vikings jersey. And then things kind of spiraled from there. And then we cut to her having dinner with the body pillow, wearing a tie and a blazer. (laughs) She calls him Marsh Pillow, and he calls her... Nothing, because he's a pillow. (laughs) (laughs) Ted enters. Robin wants to know how baking cookies was last night. He shares his flashback with uh, the group and says, as soon as he showed up, Zoe notices that there is a bag in the hallway next to him. She wants to know if that's an overnight bag. And Ted realizes that she's pissed and kind of goes back to the group and says, I thought, you know, this was a sure thing. I was thinking about this, because, like, I've done this move, and I don't think Ted could have done it the way I did it. Where, um, so I was, you know, kind of in that in-between stage where you're not like really official or whatever with somebody. But I just kind of had a sense, like, okay, I think like today's going to be the day, <laughs> and so I like packed some this college. Stuff. This is college, yeah. Okay. And I kept it in my car, and then yes, inevitably he asked me to stay over, and I was like, okay, yeah, let me go get my bag. <laughs> and so I was like. But I don't think you can do that in New York City because Ted's not driving to Zoe's apartment. And so I think at that point you just risk being there without overnight stuff. Yeah. It's easier if you have a car. That's for sure. If I were Ted, I would have said, oh, no, that's my gym bag. I have my gym clothes in there. Until he busted out his slippers in the morning. No. (laughs) By the time they're already hooking up. No, I know. (laughs) It's not going to matter anymore. Yeah, apparently he didn't have this bag closed that she spotted the slippers. But yeah, so that that killed it for Zoe. She thought it was presumptuous and asked him to leave. <laughs> Robin says, were there slippers for the morning in the bag? Not slippers exactly. They're called morning British morning socks. We cut to the Erickson house. Oh, do, are we not going to go into our British morning sock? <laughs> oh, right. You, you've read something online that... There's something else called a British morning sock. Yes, apparently part of the internet thinks that British morning sock is a euphemism for condom, and then the other half of it thinks it's just like a fancy sock, slipper combo thing. So, unclear. A British morning sock for a condom. I don't know. I don't know if that euphemism screams condom to me. I, apparently according to Urban Dictionary. Maybe a nighttime sock. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't coin the term myself. I'm just telling you. Reporting back what the internet said. All right. We're at the Erickson's house. 
Lily's shown up. Judy thinks this is a nice surprise. Yeah, she's actually, like, nice to Lily this whole time. Yeah, and when asked how she's doing, she says she's doing okay, gets a little lonely. Her friend suggested a potty pillow, but she's not a lunatic. (laughs) Marshall enters in to the room in comfy clothes, unshaven, and carrying a Game Boy as he's walking in. An original Game Boy. And he doesn't see Lily at first. He says, hey, Mom, I hate to be that guy, but I'm sure it was hot hot pocket o'clock like 10 minutes ago. Man, when's the last time you had a hot pocket? That is a good question. I remember the most consistently I was having hot pockets is when I would visit you in Pittsburgh. (laughs) Because you always had hot pockets in your freezer. I did. I am not good at cooking. I'm still not. Jen, living on her own as an adult when I would visit her in Pittsburgh was like Macaulay Culkin shopping for himself. I was not. When his parents left him home alone. Hey, I was only 24. I didn't know much about cooking. <laughs> All right. And Hot Pockets are good, and now I want one. They're probably so, disgusting now, aren't they? Like, um, yeah, they're not great. <laughs> Like, I feel like I would get one and then be supremely disappointed. I feel like if you're drunk or high, they might be okay. But if you're actually going to sit down and have a real meal with them, they're probably not very good. Unless, in all this time, they've somehow improved the recipes for them. Oh, boy. All right, I feel like next time you go to the store, you got to get some just for us to test this out. I think we've just stolen all of Jim Gaffigan's stand-up material. (laughs) Hey, we didn't do the thing about burning your hot mouth. Pocket. <laughs> it's like hot lava. It's a good Jim Gaffigan. How long's this guy gonna talk about hot pockets? <laughs> I didn't think this was gonna be his act. All right, sorry. <laughs> this podcast has gone off so many rails already. <laughs> like we're only on page four of our <laughs> script. All right. So through the next minute of this scene, he's clearly turned into Jen when we've stayed at her mom's house over the holidays. I do not. Oh, you totally do, and you admit it when I pointed it out to you before. You leave stuff all over the place. No, I don't. You expect her to feed you. Well, I'm not when her When you're house. done eating, she you don't. She wants to feed me. <laughs> See? <laughs> hey, she comes here and she feeds us. When After you're done eating, you don't even put your dishes away. You just expect her to do lie. it for you. It's I, not a lie. And. And if you've brought food out of the fridge and opened it up, like, you don't close it back up and put it in the fridge. You are just patently lying now. You folks, are making stuff up. Please, who do you believe, folks? Um, people believe me. <laughs> Marshall wants new batteries. Judy tells him they're upstairs, <laughs> right next to your washed and folded clothes. He says, okay, I don't want my Game Boy to crap out. I'm having the sickest Dr. Mario run in my life. And I was trying to remember back to Game Boy, so, like, if the batteries died, is your game just over? Or, like, can you stop it? Like, if he needed to, like, take a break and go do something else, do you just no, leave it on? I don't or? think you could save games on Game Boy. And it's not like you can switch batteries exactly. out in the game. But yeah, right. maybe I'm wrong because he does make it sound like you can continue a game. Stop and continue. I, yeah. Stop and continue it. That's right. It's been so long since I played original Game Boy. Judy continues to coddle him and then when he leaves the room she tells Lily to get him out of her house (laughs) take Marshall back to New York with you please I'm begging you and Lily thought that he was there helping her but she says he was at first but then when he realized that she was getting better he he regressed 
regressed, yeah. And so he's in his room for days playing old video games, but then she admits, you know, he is having a pretty sick Dr. <laughs> Dr. Mario <laughs> streak. She wants to be there for him, but he's like a teenager again. She even walked in on him abusing himself. And so Lily makes the obvious assumption here, but she clarifies that he was looking at old photos of his dad. It's emotional self-abuse. Yeah, soft joke, but okay. really weird. Yeah, that could have definitely been They worked too hard for that one. Yeah. That's not a horrible joke, but I'm going to call it my worst joke. Okay. Even though I don't hate it. But there really wasn't anything in this episode that bothered me very much. But you, you'll, you can share yours when we get yeah. to it. Yeah. All right. We're at Ted's apartment. Zoe shows up. She says she overreacted. She knew what baking cookies meant. But she saw those slippers in his bag, and suddenly everything felt really serious. And he corrects her. They're actually British morning socks. And she says, don't get in your own way. Yeah, because at that point, they're, like, kissing. And, like, yeah, she, she tells him that, yes, she is ready for this next step. We cut back to the, to the Ericsons. Lily enters Marshall's room carrying food in for him. Uh, Judy asked her to carry this up because she turned her ankle on his Hot Wheels. Marshall immediately, is my track okay? (laughs) And then Lily calls him out. You know, obviously you're not taking care of her. She's taking care of you. And then what does Marshall say? My mom loves to feel needed. Letting her take care of me is how I'm taking care of her. So... Are you folks trying to see what I was describing here? So I have a theory that I've just thought of in the last five minutes as we've been discussing this. So Marshall lives far away from his parents. I live far away from my parents. You've always lived as an adult near your mom seeing her regularly. So you have more of that, like, adult-adult relationship. Whereas, like, if you're returning home after being away for a long amount of time, I think it's easier to slip into that, like kid function, especially if it's like the house you grew up in. Did you come up with all this in the last minute that we've been podcasting? I did. <laughs> so you're saying when you go home, you get revert go? A little bit. <laughs> but and I was thinking about it, like, well, you don't, but that's because, like, you're, you, you just, like, your mom was always around, and you've, yeah, you've formed that new, like, coexisting adult thing. Fair enough. My mom does like to cook for me. Marshall was also upset that his mom forgot his chocolate milk with the swirly straw. Well, did... <laughs> Sorry. So it's immediately after him being like, she needs this. So, like, is he doing this? Because he feels like this will help her just that little bit more by making sure she gives me this chocolate. Are you asking <laughs> if he thinks that, or are you just saying that that's the rhythm of the joke and that's what made it better? No, I'm kind of asking that. Like, does no. he actually want it? Because he's like, yeah, that'll, that'll help her feel needed. No. Or he's just like... He's oblivious. <laughs> he's oblivious and... Yeah, this... And then you hear coming up the stairs. Ow. Ow. <laughs> and see, yeah. again, he's so, like, she needs this. See, obviously, he's not seeing it. <laughs> All right, well, Lily points out it's tomorrow's Valentine's Day. Doesn't he want to be home cuddling up watching Predator? Uh, he vision to stalk helpless prey, and then and we then get an amazing cut to Barney at the bar, like using, just doing these like weird movements, using heat vision <laughs> to find a desperate woman. He spots his target, uh, then makes this predator clicky noise that you would only really know if you saw the movie. <laughs> I love that because it's just like that quick flash, and then it's back to Marshall's movie. <laughs> Yeah, he tells her that they can watch Predator there. His mom can go and rent it for us after she's done digging out the car. (laughs) (laughs) 
He is just the worst. Oh, but it is funny. Goodness. Lily reveals that Judy wants him to leave. He doesn't believe her. He asks Judy if she comes in, and Judy says no, but then Mal's get him out of here, too. <laughs> Lily, when, when, when Marshall's not looking. Right. And Marshall's face is so happy. He's like, <laughs> like, as she's, like, kind of hugging his head. You would think she would want him there and to coddle him, though. It's clearly not what she wants, and this is not what he should be doing. Right. But that that would be an assumption you can make about Judy, that she'd want to mother him, and, and I think that would help her. she did for a while. I think now she's just over it. So, yeah, I wonder how long he's been there. Yeah. So, we're at Ted's apartment. Zoe and Ted are talking. Um, yeah, the next day is Valentine's Day, and Ted suggests going out to a new restaurant, but Zoe wants to just, you know, do something at home with him. And then she doubles the stakes with, I'm ready for this. Ted, I'm in it for the long haul. I can't wait for our first Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day as a couple. The one we'll remember for years. I like, mean, take it that's easy. That's real presumptuous. <laughs> I mean, you, you'd think Ted would love this because this is Ted's instinct, too. Right. Whenever someone turns that table on him, he freaks out. Right, exactly. This is one of the big problems with Ted. Yep. I'm guessing and, Felix might have some feelings about. <laughs> and he looks freaked out here. Yeah. Which, you know, I get. Like, she's going right out of this divorce and saying, like, okay, I'm immediately going to be in this long-term relationship. So he's at the he's back at McLaren's. He's consulting with Robin. And Robin does point out she just got out of a marriage that's really heavy. <laughs> she's freaking out just listening to it. Her heart's pounding. She's hearing this weird clicking noise. And then we get Barney, like, clicking past them cartoonishly like the Predator. But, like, past skulking by. Like, yeah. it's, <laughs> as, like, a woman walks by. Like, it's very funny. As Robin's asking Ted if he's sure he's ready for all this pressure, he starts to spit out as he denies that he actually is freaking out. Mm-hmm. And then he's not proud of what he did next, according to the narrator. We cut to the Eric's house. Ted pops in and shows up. <laughs> so it's four hours later. I'm here to help Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back at the bar. Barney and Robin are still there. Um, Robin's friends from work have come. Bev and Anna. Anna. I like Robin's introduction of Barney. This is Barney, a high-functioning sociopath, and my ex. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Barney wants to know what's with them all wearing purple. Robin points out that everything on Valentine's Day is pink and red, so they're wearing purple to show how little they care. Um, Bev... Is a, kind of a sad person. Yeah. Bev needs a little confidence. This was Bev's idea. She uses colors to express emotion, and purple is for pride, but as she's in the middle of saying it, she says, it was stupid idea. <laughs> and then Anna and Robin are trying to pump themselves up, and they don't care about some stupid sexist corporate holiday. Barney says, please, you might as well be dog-earing a tear-stained bridal magazine while wolfing down a box of chocolates. You had to deliver to yourself at your work from your fiancé, who no one's ever met. Gerard is real. <laughs> Poor Bev. <laughs> I know. We're back at the Ericsons, and now Ted and Marshall are both playing video games. Lily's pushing Ted that, like, I thought you were going to talk to him about coming back. Which must have happened off screen. Right. And Ted suggests that why not hang out here at least until after Valentine's Day? Plus, we're helping Marshall's mom. Mrs. Erickson, we're running low on Sunny D. Is orange juice okay? No. <laughs> Let me say it together. Oh my god, so good. Best part. 
best part. <laughs> Man, Rebecca, Sunny D was good. Is that still sold? I don't know, but I actually didn't like it. Oh, I, I was like, orange juice better. I feel like it's another one of those things. Like, it was really, really good as a kid. Probably not going to hold up as much. Yeah, I tried a Capri Sun that all, not that long ago, and it didn't hold up as well as I thought mm. it would. That is surprising. All right. And we're back at the bar again. And in po- as, as Barty's there with the girls, in pops Nora. Robin introduces Barty to Nora. Barty clearly likes what he sees. Yeah, Nora's pretty. We go back to the Erickson house. Lily announces that she's flying out before the big storm. She wants him to come with her, but his mom needs him, so he can't go. Lily reminds him that his life in New York needs him. Needs him really bad. Yeah, like it's so sad. Yeah, she just wants Marshall to come home soon, please. We're back at the bar. Barney's speaking to a woman who he's following up on a question about her being an Olympic gymnast. Uh, Silver medal. Oh, sorry. Gold's the only thing that really counts. That's what my dad said. And she sticks to the landing. <laughs> yeah, because he's already getting up to, like, walk away. Yeah, this one's <laughs> over. And then she says that. <laughs> he goes, why don't you start stretching and I'll be right back. So then he goes over to talk to Nora. He wants to know why she's not wearing purple like her friend. She's sort of wearing a mustard cardigan mm-hmm. over a polka dot white and black shirt. But Nora likes Valentine's Day. She's kind of protesting their protest. Barney starts to pretend like he likes Valentine's Day. This is... I love you all over again with what's her name Meg or yeah where he sort of leans into her thing yeah and And I was going along with it for a little bit and then at the end is like calls him out yeah I'm not saying any of this to get in your pants and she just walks away not alike we're back at the Erickson house we get a nice talk between Marshall and Ted about how Marshall misses his dad Mm -hmm. he was thinking about times uh, they would spend the summers in Upper Peninsula Right, and, spend summers anywhere. Well, we were pretty close, probably, to the Upper Peninsula <laughs> in Minnesota this summer. But we were only there for a few days. They spent the whole summer there, presumably. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That would be nice to spend a whole summer someplace. I know. So where does everyone summer? <laughs> <laughs> Phoebe. Um, he, talks, he, go, he goes on about how the drive up to the peninsula would be pitch black at night. He could never see anything. But with his dad driving, he always felt safe. That'll put a pin in that. We're back at the bar, and Barney admits to Nora he was playing her before, but he also... He's looking out for her. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to, like, shift it to. Telling her that she's coming off as a bit desperate and gooey, as a gooey romantic, and Nora sticks up for herself. They're having this conversation, and then Barney starts to tell her about laser tag... Then the gymnast is all like doing splits on top of the bar, yeah. saying she's ready. That was impressive. Barney ignores her and goes back to Nora, saying, "Here's the first thing you know you need to know about laser tag." Well, you missed Nora's little, <laughs> or the thing that went way over Barney's head is that Nora saying, "Who wants to spend Valentine's Day alone, distracting yourself from the fact that nobody loves you with some sad little activity?" And that's when Barney's like, "Yeah, but what about laser tag?" I see what you're saying. That's a sad little activity. That he's using to ignore Valentine's Day. Yeah. yeah, subtle. That's probably is what they were going for there. We're back at the Erickson house. Back to Barney and... I'm sorry, back to Marshall and Ted. Yeah, Marshall brings up Zoe. You know, is she okay that you're going to be up here for Valentine's Day? And Ted admits that she does not know. He says that the divorce does make everything more complicated. It's moving a little fast for him. 
Marshall points out that he's just running away and that they should both go back to New York tonight. Uh, they are unfortunately they are snowed in. Lily got the last flight out, so Marshall says they'll drive. That's time a they horrible grow up. idea. He says it's time they grow up. Mom, can you make us some PB and J's for the road? Cuss cut off. Cuss crust cut off. This is very Will Ferrell. <laughs> Ma, the Milo. Yeah, in uh, Wedding Crashers. I was just listening to something that was referencing that. No, Ted, what are we? We're men. Mom, leave the crust on. <laughs> and who else likes to have their crust cut off? Nobody. This one. I've been eating my crust lately. Yeah, really? Yeah. You used to cut them off. What, cha- what changed your mind? I guess I just grew up. <laughs> Sometimes if it's just the crust left, I won't eat it by itself. All right, we come back to the bar. We're with Nora and Barney. He's telling her more about the Boy Scouts winning the 2010 Tri-County Championship for laser tag. She says that laser tag sounds brilliant. Plus you get free pizza. And then Barney points out that Robin's his teammate for tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah, I agreed to that. Nora wants to know where Bev and Anna went. We get the flashback. They're taking off with a couple of white Urkels, apparently. <laughs> They're going to buy them hot dogs with Grace Papaya. <laughs> so Robin you know, kind of calls them out. You know, what about the sisterhood? Solidarity? The color purple? <laughs> Bev just me leave. But tomorrow's Valentine's Day. Traitors. Right. Nora announces that now she's going to head out to... Barney tries to tempt her with a magic trick, but it's late. She has a date with a pillow. Not literally. Not a lunatic. <laughs> Keep circling back to that. <laughs> wishes, wishes Barney luck on his laser tag competition. Robin points out that desperation day has come and gone, and Barney has neither gone nor come. Well, you skipped over the magic trick. I didn't really care for the magic trick. He pulled a bird out of an egg. Yeah. So Where was this bird? <laughs> I liked it. And she points out, you know why you like Nora. And then we get the typical junior high response. No, I don't. She's gross. (laughs) You like her. You think she smells like rain. (laughs) Have you ever met anyone that smells like rain? I was trying to picture what that would actually... I feel like I've heard that before. Smells like rain. Maybe it's been on How I Met Your Mother. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) It sounds like a nice thing, but I feel like in reality, rain doesn't smell that great. Marshall and Ted are driving through the snowstorm at night. Marshall's squinting to see the road. Ted's asleep. That's some great travel companion he has there. <laughs> That's true. And all of a sudden, Marvin pops up in the rearview mirror, tells Marshall that he could, when he was driving at night, he couldn't see a damn thing either. He just kept driving forward, hoping for the best. I think about this fairly regularly when I'm driving at night. <laughs> Marvin in the backseat cheering you on. No, just that general of like, no, you can't really see what's going on, but you just hope for the best. Yeah. I think the biggest risk is a deer jumping out, depending on where you are. Right. We're at Ted's apartment. Zoe shows up and notices that he's got a suitcase in his living room. Right. So, doesn't realize that he just came back from a trip, luckily. I, like, I kind of like that line. Really, Ted? An overnight bag for your own <laughs> living room? And then she shows her overnight bag. Yeah. And then they make out. We're at the laser tag center for the next day. Yeah. Barney's calling Robin. The Boy Scouts have grown a foot since last year. He needs needs her to hurry up. Robin's not coming, but she says happy Valentine's Day. And then Nora shows up. 
thinking that she's meeting both him and Robin there. But as he's talking to her, he gets shot, and she swears to avenge him. It's <laughs> cute. We now are at Lily's. She's watching Predator on the couch by herself. And you can hear Schwarzenegger in the background. Come on! Come on! Kill me! I'm here! Kill me! Okay. How's that? I guess it was okay. I haven't seen this movie, so I can't. <laughs> and then somehow Marshall snuck in and grabbed a glass of wine yes. and just shows up on the couch without her ever having noticed him. Right, because it's not like she like was taking a nap on the couch. It's very strange. <laughs> they have a nice little happy Valentine's Day, and then there's one more scene left where... Lily's talking to Marsh Pillow. They're on opposite sides of the couch. <laughs> They're in a fight. We both knew this would end eventually. And there's just sad music. <laughs> that was pretty good. It was. All right. Do you think this made the top 100? I think it did. All right. If so, what do you think it was ranked? Because it did. Yes. I got the first part right. I'm going to go with 81. Close. 76. No, we have a 76. Dun, dun, dun. We will pause for some tef- technical <laughs> difficulties. Some technical difficulties. All right, I looked back at the list, and Jen made a mistake. She wrote unfinished in 76, but it was actually unfinished with 79. Lies. Jen, you know you're wrong, and don't make me go back to that <laughs> episode to listen to it, to, to prove it to you. No, you have to, because I wouldn't have gotten that wrong. All right. When I listen to that episode, I, I'm almost caught back up listening, doing a, doing a re-listen again. So when I get there, I'll let you know. All right. What is this one? And I will do the biggest I told you so dance ever. As you should. What was your favorite joke? My favorite joke was... I think it was Lily's... I call him Marshpillow, and he calls me nothing because he's a pillow. You like that better than the Sunny D exchange? Um, I do have Sunny D exchange also as a. So it's best. sort of a tie, but. Yeah. All right. I think I already said my least favorite joke. Did you have a least favorite? Yeah, we skipped over it, but it was like when they were talking about the booty call, Lily goes private booty reporting for duty, and I hated it. Hmm. <laughs> I feel like I've heard that somewhere before. Not really? Yeah. Well, that's why when I looked up in the trivia, I was like, is that referencing something? Like, I. It was just weird to me. All right, next week. I forgot to write it down, but it is Garbage Island. Garbage Island. I'm blanking on that one. Well, I think Barney spends... Uh, I think it's where Barney is lying to Nora about him wanting to get married one day and the gang kind of calling uh, him out on that. And then Marshall is swearing off sex until he does something to help the environment. And I think he's like throwing a benefit for the environment or something like that. Oh, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that one. (laughs) It won't be top 100. We'll see. Okay, I'm going to read Felix, and you're going to read Danielle. Let's do Danielle first, because Felix has his questions, and so that might take us a little longer to finish. Certainly. And welcome back, Danielle. Yes, nice to hear from you again, Danielle. Hey, guys, my hymium breakdown, best to worst, would be Marshall, Barney, Ted, Robin, and Lily. I really like Nora, especially since she loves Valentine's Day, just like me. It's so wonderful having a day where everyone expresses their love for someone. Everything's heart-shaped and colored pink and red. Smiley well, face. I think Danielle's getting some. <laughs> she is a gooey romantic. <laughs> Marshall and Lily were cute this episode, and the body p- pillow jokes were hilarious. 
Would he really be considered the jerk? I was never in that situation, but I figure he would be considered a rebound. So I think that's referencing like Ted being concerned that if he screws this up for Zoe after her divorce, that he would right. be considered the jerk. Yeah, I mean... No, she's taking. She's the one taking the yeah, chance. Yeah, exactly. I've only had the crest cut off a few times in my life, but it was legendary, so I'm not judging. I should do that more often. <laughs> Grow up, Danielle. <laughs> About the next line, Sunny D is disgusting, orange juice is superior. You're back in my good graces, Danielle. <laughs> I teared up at Marshall imagining his dad at the end of the episode. Best joke would be Lily saying the pillow calls her nothing because it's a pillow. <laughs> Worst joke, hard to find, but I guess it would be white Urkel. Kind of mean. Love you. Thank you, Danielle. Good to hear from you. Boy, she really danced in and out of our hearts in that, <laughs> in that uh, email. All right, let's go to Felix. And he titles this one, Ted's a Loser. <laughs> this episode is really funny and good. Horny Lily. Ooh, Felix, watch out for that word. word. Uh-huh. Horny Lily did the best thing, or is, is the best thing in this episode. Barney's history lessons always crack me up. Is it true? That women always want to have a date on Valentine's Day? And why has Ted got to be so romantical all the time? And when he is going to Zoe's to bake cookies, he takes an overnight bag with him. Like, who the F does that? I, I'm allowed to cuss. What am I doing? Yeah. Like, who the <laughs> fuck does that? And, and when the gang said to him that you cannot bring morning slippers, and he corrected them, and he said they were British morning socks, because that was so much better. That's why I hate Ted. Notice that Barney Compelling can't argument. eat with, with chopsticks. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Was that going on in this episode? They did have Chinese food in the apartment. Oh, I completely missed I think that. when he was talking about... Desperation Day or loneliness? No, when Ted came back from like basically being like, oh, Zoe thought it was presumptuous and asked me to leave. I did notice they were eating Chinese food, but I didn't notice the chopsticks thing. Those details I love because you can miss it if you're not paying attention, clearly. Call me out. Funny coming from Ted that he wants a serious relationship when she said that he gets scared. The whole thing about Barney being a predator is very funny. Marshall talking about his father and seeing his father in the car was very good. And how the fuck did Lily not know he was home? (laughs) Yep. Like I said, best joke, shh, daddy's talking now. (laughs) Worst joke, private booty reporting for duty. Yes. I feel like it gets me. About the last of us... You can watch it without playing the game. Playing the game before is just a bonus. And here's his five questions. Best quote from a movie. His answer, you can't handle the truth. (gasps) Colonel Jessup from A Few Good Men. Is that why you just watched it? No. I didn't even read his email before, but yes, (laughs) I did just finish a rewatch of A Few Good Men last night. That's funny. So, I think I have one here. I think mine is from my third favorite movie of all time, Goodwill Hunting. The very last line by Robin Williams, mm. which was improv Son of a bitch stole my line. <laughs> Cute. I got nothing popping in my head. I need more advance notice on these questions. Yeah, I'll send them to you the first <laughs> time I get them. Thank you. He wants to know what our favorite movie is from the Marvel Universe. Ooh. His answer is Infinity War. That is very good. I think mine is the first Avengers, actually. Yeah, that one was very good. I also very much enjoy Captain America. Like, I haven't seen them all, like, It's enough to say, times. too. All right. Favorite team in the NBA and NFL? Well, we don't really watch basketball. I guess my favorite team would be the Wizards, because they're our D.C. local team. Um, I literally could not care even a tiny bit about basketball, but when I was in middle school, 
I did like it a little bit. And my favorite team was the Charlotte Hornets because they were blue and purple colors, and I thought it was pretty. Uh, on their costumes? On their costumes. And um, did you miss the starter jacket thing? You no, I was in high school and starter jackets I, were big. I got a Charlotte Hornets starter jacket, and it was the prettiest thing ever. <laughs> uh, and for NFL, we're both big Pittsburgh Steelers fans, as we've mentioned on this podcast. Yep. We watched them Not every great week. This season. Yeah, but it was we watched a painful episode of it oh, yesterday. They've all been bad. Even His. His is Houston, Texas, or Houston, Houston Texans. Boo! And the Houston, oh yeah, they beat us yesterday. <laughs> and the Houston Rockets. Wow, that's an interesting city to latch onto from Sweden. Yeah, yeah, Felix, you have to give us a little more context about how you came to that. What do I think about The Last Jedi? His answer is it's underrated and it's so much better than The Rise of Skywalker. Is that the newest one? So. The Last Jedi is the second to last one, with The Rise of Skywalker being the last one. Um, yeah, I think I did like The Last Jedi better than The Rise of Skywalker, but I didn't hate The Rise of Skywalker. I think a lot of Star Wars fans disliked it, and I really enjoyed it the whole way through. So uh, they're closer together than they probably are for you, but yes, I did really like The Last Jedi. Not as much as The Force Awakens, though. I've seen none of those movies and cannot contribute. His answer is... Did I say his answer? Um, I th- yeah, I think I so. Number five, have you started a letter... Have you started a letterbox? And if you want to shout me out, here's my link. You don't have to do it if you don't want to. His, uh, yeah, his was... profile on Letterboxd is... I don't know if he wants everybody in the world to know it. I think he said if you want to shout it out. Oh, to shout me out. Yeah. Sorry, I thought that just meant, like, if we want to be Visit his. <laughs> no, I think he wants to share his so other people okay. will look. So, it, no, we haven't. I forgot about it. But it is boxd.it forward slash 4z9wv. And that W is capitalized. I'm not sure if that's important. So check him out, folks. Yeah. You should do that on your downtime. Yeah, I think it did sound like something I would like to do. And that's all we have. All right. Well, we kept it under an hour, even though we went on a bunch of tangents. We did, and I'm glad that the ones I really like are becoming so few and far in between that I would love to zip through the ones I don't like and spend a little more time on the ones I like. So I I think this, this is the cadence in which I hope will continue. All right, folks, until next time. All right. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>